0: visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: In order to thrive in today's competitive business market, you need to constantly adapt to change and shift your business paradigm. Welcome to Business Reinvention with host, Nancy Lin, for insights on emerging trends that could impact the future of your business. This hour will have you listening to and thinking like the innovative business leaders of today. Now, here's your host, Nancy Lin.
2: Hello and welcome to the Business Reinvention show where we share thought-provoking ideas from different industries so that you can connect the dots and stay innovative and competitive. I'm Nancy Lin, and I want to thank you for making our program part of your day today. Well, many of you in the audience um, probably have taken a taxi or a a Uber. Um, If you haven't heard of Uber, um, it's a mobile app that connects riders with drivers for hire. And because of its fast-paced growth, there have been a lot of controversies surrounding the company and the new industry that it represents. On one hand, um, people love the new apps for their convenience, affordability, and opportunities to generate additional income for entrepreneurs. On the other hand, um, there have been a lot of protests against the lack of safety regulation and potential impact on the full-time taxi drivers. Uh, What we don't hear a lot about is what it's like to be a taxi driver. And that's one of the several areas that we're going to get into today. According to a report um, issued by the U.S. Department of Labor, um, there were about 233,000 taxi drivers in 2012. I don't have the most updated information for 2015, but I think that gives us a rough idea um, in terms of how many jobs on the line that we're talking about here? Um, and many of these drivers have less than high school education. Their median income is roughly thirty-three thousand um, dollars for a year, and I actually have heard lower estimates and than that. But in any case, even at you know at the high end at thirty-three thousand dollars a year, it's only slightly above um, the poverty line. And with the rapid adoption of mobile apps, such as Uber and Lyft, cab usage has dropped 65% in San Francisco alone. And that begs the question of what would the future look like for the taxi drivers? Or is there even a future for them? This is a question that I think many governments around the world um, are struggling with right now. Um, but it's also a proxy for what will happen to other traditional industries and their workers when new technology and automation, such as driverless cars or robots are introduced. So we're going to explore this question a little bit more. And we're also going to take a look at a couple of innovative business models in Asia. Our guest today has spent years studying the taxi industry in several countries. Dr. Shen Zhong Ho is a professor and director at the Center for Service Innovation and Mobility Design in Taiwan. His research focuses on the evolution of technology and organization as well as service innovation. And before joining the Innovation Center, Dr. Ho was the general manager of a pharmaceutical company and the founder of two internet companies. Companies and we're really glad to have you here with us today, Dr. Ho. Welcome to the show.
3: Hello, Nancy. Hello, everyone. Uh, it's uh, my great honor to be here with uh, you for this uh, wonderful talk.
2: Well, thank you so much for making yourself available at such early hour in Taipei. I, I really appreciate it. Um, I know that you have spent a lot of time studying taxi drivers and different business models um, uh, of companies in uh, Singapore, uh, taxi. Excuse me, Taiwan and Japan's um, taxi industry. So, what got you so interested in this particular topic initially?
3: Uh, yes, uh, I have been doing this uh, taxi industry research over thirteen years. Uh, before the one decade, uh, I saw a uh, interesting uh, technology emerging, uh, which is uh, the technology of the mobility have uh, grow rapidly, and uh, uh, mobile become as uh, things for connecting people's things and the different equipments. So I'm starting thinking, uh, what's the future when all of the uh, mobile can control the mobilities or uh, mobile equipments through the GPS or uh, some uh, sort of the, this kind of the position management? So that's why i'm uh doing this uh, kind of uh texting research uh, uh become my research topic uh as you just mentioned why i studying from uh, singapore uh because uh, I think the Singapore is a great field to observe this kind of uh technology how to engage into the uh, city uh, governance, and how to uh, trigger the service innovation, and how to change the order of the, this kind of the management. So that's why I started from the Singapore.
2: Yeah, and and, uh, if I understand correctly, Singapore also has the largest uh, taxi company in the world in terms of the size of fleet and the GPS platform that they use. Um, And they actually had that way before Uber was around. Um, What is some of the great learning from that particular study um, that is still relevant and, and valuable today?
3: Yes. I think that uh the Singapore uh because it is a well uh organized uh, uh country, uh the government uh, uh try to make uh, any kind of uh uh regulation uh, for this kind of uh, transportation. So the taxi uh become a very important uh carriers for Singapore government. Because uh, as a, a international city, uh, and with the very small uh, territories, the Singapore cannot allow uh, to accept too uh, too many uh, cars uh, from the private set. So they try to uh, use this kind of the uh, cases taxi carriers as a public transportations uh, to support uh, people to move and uh, to carry on any kind of uh uh purpose. Uh uh before the ten uh, decade there are only uh seven uh, taxi companies. The biggest one uh they own over the uh, sixteen thousand caps uh, so it's a it's a huge uh, uh, car free cough so at the time I, I just saw wow it's a wonderful uh, uh case to see how this company to manage their uh caps uh, through the uh, technology and how to technology engage into the, uh, the the cost behaviors which means the how to drive uh, to use the technology and how to engage together to become uh, some different uh, behaviors so that's why I choose the Singapore as my uh, research field
2: mm-hmm. yeah that makes a lot of sense I think if there's a government that try to uh, limit the number of cars or the amount of traffic they have. Um, but then they also, that also raises the challenge of how do you use it efficiently if you don't want to have too many cars running around? So it's managing demand and supply. So it seemed to make a lot of sense that they uh, would have thought about using GPS model before um, uh, most other countries would. And has that been a very effective um, approach? And what was the biggest, I think, learning from coming out of that using technology? Uh, mm-hmm.
3: Yes, uh, I think that from the public uh, side, the government successfully to drive the GPS this uh, technology to manage the the free. But from the private side, they control the some uh, creativity. Uh, new idea because they don't allow this kind of uh, taxi free have a uh, more c- different kind of uh, services for example, they just define the driver as a uh, transportation uh, job so uh but uh, it's uh, it's really uh, rare because the, a driver can do different kind of uh, services uh so but the uh, the government uh, they don't allow the people to do this kind of the uh, innovation, so uh, that's a uh, that's a one-purpose driver. They just want to fit the taxi and a semi-transportation uh, ca- carriers. But uh, I saw the different uh, things from the service perspective. I I I thought that there are some individual drivers they do the different kind of uh, services for the passengers. For example, some driver, they will deliver the uh, goods uh, for people instead of the uh, passengers. Uh, Some drivers, they will uh, be in the tourism, uh, uh, they they will do the business uh, of the tourism. So they will guide the passenger Uh, to have some small trip. So there are uh, various uh, services come out from the individual level, but which uh, of the services uh, is not be promoted by the company and even by the government. They don't uh, like this kind of uh, idea to generate from the individuals.
2: Mm, so it sounds to me like what you're saying is that regulations sometimes limit creativity um but then on the other hand um i think some of the interesting um approaches that they have is that they have nursing license um i guess the uh, drivers acting as a maybe babysitter or caretaker sometimes or like you said uh, maybe as a, a a tour guide in some sense and they have really good on-the-job training, um, I think th- those are the areas that I thought was really interesting. Um, and you touched um, on something that I, I think was a really a bigger area for research for you, and that is that um, one thing is that the way people interact with technology is very different from you know, one person to the other, and that could actually lead to different business results. Um, and same thing um, happened in Taiwan, which you also uh, research on. Um, so I'd love to um, get some examples for you um, from you um, in terms of different behavioral patterns and business impact. But first, uh, let's take a quick break. You're listening to Business Reinvention with Nancy Lin for up-to-date business and innovation trends. Go to BizReinvention.com or follow me on Twitter at BizReinvention. We'll be back in two minutes to hear more about Dr. Ho's research. <music>
1: From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network.
0: In today's marketplace, your ability to open up the way you think and adapt to change allows your business to stay ahead of the curve and perform at a higher level. At Change Agent SF, we help leaders at fast-growing companies develop the leadership capacity necessary to manage growth more effectively. Contact us today to learn more about our executive coaching services and leadership workshops. Call 415-322-9073 or email Nancy Lynn at info at changeagentsf.com to transform your business and leadership with Change Agent SF. Hi, I'm Rick Osick with Famous Footwear. Did you know that premature birth is the number one killer of babies? That's why we support the March of Dimes in the fight against premature birth. Join us in supporting cutting-edge research, treatment programs, and outreach to help moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Learn how you can help save babies' lives at MarchofDimes.org.
1: We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866 472 5790. That's 866 472 5790. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Business Reinvention with Nancy Lin. Now, back to Business Reinvention.
2: All right, so before the break, we started to talk about the question of how um, different people interact with uh, technology differently and how does that drive different results. Um, And we see that especially in Singapore, but even more so in Taiwan. Um, Can you share some of the observations that you uh, have uh, made um, and maybe some examples of different interactions?
3: Okay, actually, uh, uh, for the Taiwan uh, case, the uh one of the uh company i have uh, uh joined the research over the 10 years the name is the taiwan taxi the um, 20 years ago taiwan taxi transferred the technology from the singapore um but uh the result of this kind of uh, technology transfer is failed. Uh, fail the reason is because of the Market structure is uh, totally different in singapore uh government own the car and the license uh the driver just uh, rent the car from a company and uh, do their business so the g p s dispatching is ordered by company and the car also be controlled by this technology through the uh, GPS. Technology. Okay.
2: Yeah, so but I would they, imagine the impl- uh, implementation is a lot simpler is what you're saying, right? Because the the taxi companies in Singapore own those cars so they can just roll out um, whatever yeah. equipment or devices that they have.
3: Um, yeah.
2: And then in Taiwan, it's a different case, you're trying to say.
3: Yeah, right, right. But in Taiwan, uh, the taxi is a free market. The driver owns their own car And uh, with the license, so they can do whatever, whatever, anything they want to do. So the the taxi driver, the taxi company, just uh, like a a, a franchising system, just uh, invite the driver to join their uh, franchise, and also give uh, driver uh, technology, uh, equipment and uh, the dispatch the, uh, the code, uh, the job, to the individual driver. But the driver can reject uh, by him or herself. So it's a totally, uh, 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 the, the business is, is decided by the uh, individual driver to uh, take or not. Mm. So it's, it's quite different. So uh, when the same technology transferred to the Taiwan, it faced it. It was facing a different uh, situation. So the behavior of a driver in Taiwan is a, a quite uh, a difficulty to accept this kind of the new technology. So at the, the early stage, the Taiwan taxi company they got a big problem to promote this technology because the driver driver. Uh, is not so familiar with the new new thing, um, so the company was uh, uh, facing the two times of the uh, bankrupt. So they fail and fail again until uh, the the uh, the new uh, uh, investment uh, team joined about uh, ten years ago. they they just uh, uh, inject a huge number into the company and update all of the system and and, uh, change the dissipation rule from the supply side to uh, become the on-demand side, which means the driver can uh, do some kind of uh, uh, choice by him or herself. Don't push the driver to do uh, uh, any kind of order from the company through kind of the incentive system to push the driver to use the technology.
2: All right. So it sounds like Taiwan is more of a free market. And then they went through a couple of changes in the company because... um, at first it was a little more challenging to implement um, the technology and then eventually they provide a a lot more flexibility to the drivers. Um, So then going back to the previous question that we had earlier, so did this flexibility also allow um, you to observe more of a different types of behaviors in terms of how they adopt technology and what they actually leverage technology for?
3: Yes, uh, in Taiwan, the taxi driver, uh, just like a uh, free ranger, uh, every driver, they are work for themselves. They are uh, self-employee. Uh, the purpose of joining this uh, 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 taxi-free company is for the economic purpose. But uh, they own the car. They own their, uh, their certificate. So the behavior becomes quite different. Uh, the first uh, uh, first thing I observe is uh, they try to do uh, everything by themselves. So they just uh, uh, leverage the technology instead of be controlled by technology. So which means they can do a lot of the innovative ideas through the technology. Uh, this is a very uh, uh, very uh, different from the Singapore side. Okay. So, I, uh, yeah.
2: Can you give me a couple quick examples of different types of behaviors coming out of the interaction with th- this new platform?
3: Oh yes. For example, uh, a lot of the drivers they will uh, they will become a small group. They will study the technology. They will predict when and wh- where uh, the the dispatching uh, job will come out, so they will they will uh, like a small group to to co work together and uh, to to try to maximize their benefit uh, through this kind of the uh, collective, uh uh, uh, uh That's one uh, kind of the group I observe. Another one is uh, some uh, driver. They are very people sensitive they are good to deal with the people, they will uh, keep the personal CRM with the passengers, and they will replace the case from a company to become their own. So maybe company just can make the one times of the business, but at the second and uh, later on, the driver will keep the personal uh, relationship with the passengers. So let's become a long-term relationship between the drivers and the passengers. But the company will lose the position. So that's a very interesting and different uh, comparing from Singapore.
2: Interesting. The, yeah, so it sounds like some people are trying to make the most out of the um, dispatching system, and then some people just use it as an add-on. Um, yes. and then kind of creating another uh, line of business uh, um, in addition to this. It's very interesting. Um, and then are, are there other types of um, behavior or is that is that's pretty much um, the main um, behavioral patterns that you see?
3: Yes. Uh, actually, as a driver uh, in Taiwan, they try to uh, ma- maximize their individual uh, benefit instead of the uh, be controlled by the company. So uh, a lot of the innovative services come out, which is uh, 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 similar with the current uh, Uber services, because they will try to do the uh, differentiation from the others. So uh, I, I saw that uh, some ideas uh, which have been uh, applied by the, this o to O. Uh, uh, business. So it's a very early stage, uh, because I saw this, uh, this uh, observation, uh, about 10 years ago. So that's why I'm continuing to trace this, uh, uh, industry until now.
2: Mm, very interesting. Um, and then it's not just the taxi drivers that are getting very creative. Um, going back to the company um, that we were talking about, um, the company wasn't doing very well initially when they implemented tech technology. Um, but eventually, uh, and, and actually, I think in, at some point it almost went bankrupt. Um, and then it made a dramatic turnaround um, and became the first taxi or ride-hailing company in the world to go public. Um I I think, you know, did they have a very innovative um, business model in addition to just providing more flexibility to their taxi drivers? I mean, how have they become so profitable after years of losing money?
3: I think a business model is a key. Uh, Originally, this company, uh, the business model is a subscription model, they just uh, uh, get the money from the drivers. So uh, they got a uh, the membership fee per month, and they can uh, get the, uh, uh, about uh, uh, $0.5 uh, per call from the drivers. Uh, that's uh, all of the the uh, income. But uh, after uh, two to three years, they change their business model uh, they also keep the trans uh, uh, this, uh, descript- uh, this uh, transcription model but uh, they try to push the driver as a channel so they have a channel model which means that they uh encourage the driver to sell some music uh tickets and the goods in the car and they try to have a different kind of the income from the drivers. And they also cooperated with the telecom company. They just, they try to uh, maximize the driver to use the, 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 the telephone, the mobile phone. Through the, the more uh, driver uh, talking uh, on the mobile, the company can get some uh, uh, share from the telecom company. That's a kind of the uh, airtime uh, income from the telecom company. So that's a change in uh, a uh, different kind of the income uh, stream from the different stakeholders.
2: Interesting. So it sounds like initially it was um, a prescription, uh, excuse me, subscription-based, uh, like you said, um, and they were only getting um, uh, revenue from um, also, uh, from the taxi driver um, for the use of the system. But then a- after that, they actually started um, trying to, Uh, increase, I guess, revenues per taxi driver by starting to sell products to the taxi drivers, not to the consumers, right? Selling to the taxi drivers um, for the needs that they had, whether it's a cell phone or it's a laundry services or maybe car services. Is that kind of pretty much the idea?
3: Uh, Yes, Uh, I I forgot to mention this part. Because uh, there's... They do a lot of the com- uh, community business uh, uh, for the drivers. Uh, for example, uh, they they will build their own uh, gas station, so the driver uh, can go to this a lot station uh, to have uh, their uh, uh, gas uh, the gas. So that's why the, they try to integrate the whole value chain. Uh, within this uh, taxi uh, industry, so that's a, a, a vertical integration uh, thinking is a, uh, is a one of their business model. So they try to uh, maximize uh, any kind of uh, services uh, and the incomes from the from the drivers' business individually
2: Interesting. and collectively. Wow, so they're using that as an advertising channel, but also uh, see the taxi driver uh, together as a consumer group um, for um, other products um, that they could use. Very, very fascinating. Well, let's talk some more after the break. You're listening to Business Reinvention with Nancy Lin. You can also download our podcast from Voice America, iTunes, or Stitcher, or go to our website, businessreinvention.com, for more information. We'll be right back.
1: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here, Voice America Business Network.
0: In today's marketplace, your ability to open up the way you think and adapt to change allows your business to stay ahead of the curve and perform at a higher level. At Change Agent SF, we help leaders at fast-growing companies develop the leadership capacity necessary to manage growth more effectively. Contact us today to learn more about our executive coaching services and leadership workshops. Call 415-322-9073 or email Nancy Lynn at info at changeagentsf.com to transform your business and leadership with Change Agent
1: SF. Hi, I'm Dr. Sam Nussbaum with the Anthem Foundation. Premature birth is the leading cause of death of babies and disabilities for children, That's why we support the March of Dimes to help mothers have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in supporting cutting-edge research, treatment and outreach to help moms during their pregnancy, and give every baby a healthy start in life. Learn how you can help at marchofdimes.org. You're listening to Business Reinvention with Nancy Lin. Now, back to Business Reinvention.
2: So, the industry really, um, and I should say the taxi industry, has really gone a long way. I mean, in terms of technology-wise or business model-wise, um, how um, how would you describe this whole evolution since you've been following it for 13 years?
3: Um, yes, I, I think the big chain uh of this uh, t- uh taxi industry is uh uh the taxi is not a just a transportation carrier. Uh t- taxi could be a service platform uh for the uh for the city, for the citizen people. So when we uh perceive c- uh, taxi as uh, services, we can create a different kind of the business model for the different kind of the stakeholders. Uh, the passenger is just one stakeholder, but the taxi also can provide a value uh, for the different uh, kind of uh, uh, stakeholders. So that's why uh, there are a lot of the evolution come out uh, recently.
2: Very interesting. Yeah, so instead of seeing it as a transportation device, um, it's really eventually going to evolve into a service-oriented business. Um, and I think in terms of technology, there has also been a lot of uh, evolution. And I think one of your presentation that I I read about, you're talking about how you know taxi 1.0 is really about radio dispatching, and then uh, then we move on to taxi 2.0, um, and and I think that how would you call um, the two-point, how do you explain the different generation and where do you think we are now?
3: Yeah, Uh, the first generation of uh, technology in this uh, uh, taxi industry is uh, radio phone. Uh, So it's a one-way communication. The second generation uh, I call the taxi 2.0 is by using the GPS dispatching system to connect the drivers and the passengers through the call center. So they are a a mediator between the passengers and drivers. But currently, uh, I think the Uber created another uh, huge uh, innovation uh, for this uh, industry. Uh, I I call it Taxi 3.0, which means decentralized. The the, uh, Uber just uh, Disrupt the, this uh, mediator role uh, between the passengers and the drivers. So they are using the O2O uh, to connect each driver and uh, each passenger. And uh, they don't just limit on the taxi, they also include all of the private car to provide the services, which means uh, it in large this uh, size of a part. So it's, uh, it's very smart to do this kind of uh, approach uh, from the, this uh, O2O business model.
2: Hmm. Uh,
3: but mm-hmm.
2: Go ahead. So Uber is actually dominating US ride-hailing market. So what do you think is going to happen to this category in the next few years? What would taxi 4.0 look like?
3: Okay. Uh, I think that uh, Uber... Uh, 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 is disrupting this uh, taxi uh, value chain, Um, but Uber also hurt the driver's job and also challenge the local government because of the regulation issue. So uh, it's good to create a value from the private car to provide the services to the passengers. But how do we balance the uh, the the right from the driver's side is also a issue. So uh, I think the next generation of the taxi 4.0 is try to balance the uh, uh, individual driver's uh, right and also cover the customers' uh, services. And uh, also try to uh, uh, balance how to uh, uh, keep these uh, relationships with the government. Don't try to uh, disrupt everything. You need to keep some human being uh, in your mind to think about how to provide a value for the drivers, not just uh, uh, disrupt uh, the 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 taxi industry
0: mm-hmm. because
3: uh, the the this industry is uh, is also uh, very important for the, some low income people. The, how to protect them is another social issue.
2: Right. This is definitely a social aspect to this. Um, and then, as I mentioned in the introduction, um, a lot of taxi drivers are actually low-income earners, um, and they're just barely getting by. But on the other hand, talking about Uber, a lot of people argue that Uber actually has increased the income level for drivers by reducing downtime. Um, and some numbers show that their average income is over $70,000 in San Francisco or over $90,000 in New York. I don't know how accurate they are, but... Um, I think these are the numbers that Uber use, uh, uses. Um, and that's compared to $33,000 a traditional taxi driver makes. Um, what do you say to that?
3: Uh, yes, I think that Uber created a new value for the for, uh, public, for the people. Uh, but how Uber can help this industry? And also to transform this industry, I think Uber can do more, uh, not just a uh, uh, current uh, 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 current uh, business model. If Uber can push their business model to balance the different kinds of the stakeholders, it will be uh, become the much. Uh, 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 I think the altruism approach instead of the uh selfish uh uh model. So I'm happy to look at uh, how Uber to create this uh artistic uh behavior for the drivers but I'm not quite sure how about the uh uh the the thought from the US side or from the uh from the United States.
2: Okay. So what we're saying is that consumers really have benefited from um, the creation of Uber because they have actually lowered the taxi fare um, overall and also, you know, increased the demand, uh, excuse me, increased the supply substantially and also benefited tech savvy entrepreneurs. Um, What is missing in the stakeholder that hasn't been addressed is um, the less educated taxi drivers who have already been paying so much for the medallion or or licenses you refer to. And and this is uh, actually a pretty large um, or pretty sizable group of people um, that may lose jobs. And how do we address that? And is that why you decided to uh, start a new social enterprise um, with a profit sharing um, idea? Um, If so, can you tell us more about that?
3: Uh, yes, uh, in Taiwan, uh, I just uh, initiated a uh, service platform, uh, so-called uh, uh, Taxi Innovation Academy. Uh, the purpose of building this platform is to trans- transform the driver from the transportation to become the social welfare uh, ambassadors. Uh, because I, I believe the driver can become the social help uh, if uh, they can uh, get more training uh from the uh to to serve the different kind of uh, uh community or groups in society, for example, we are currently uh uh focusing promote the how drivers can help the uh aging people uh l d d people and the handicaps because we found there are this uh, uh, variety, morality. they have they need more social care they need more touch uh uh services instead of just uh, uh efficiency so we just change uh, our driver to do this kind of the social helper helpers uh to this uh, uh, uh particularly good and we also mm.
2: So what you're saying is like you know uh, drivers are not just a driver um Uh, they could actually um, play a key role in providing better social services um, to the elderly or maybe the uh, disabled people who may actually need more assistance, um, which is a great idea. Um, I I don't know if you noticed this, but Uber also has launched Uber Assist um, July this Uh year. Um, And so how do you set yourself apart? How exactly is your service going to be different from Uber Assist? Uh, which is also aiming at helping elderly and disabled people
3: uh, yes uh, for for our business model uh, we don't uh, charge one hundred percent from this uh, uh, low income group, for example uh, disabled uh, people because uh, they may not uh, uh, affordable for the this uh, uh, fare so we would like to uh, uh, get some uh, uh, some supporting uh, from the third party uh, instead of uh, charging 100% from the passengers. And also, we encourage our driver to have a, a one-for-one business model, uh, which means when driver gets a, a one case to be in the uh, tour guide, uh, which means uh, is is uh, is uh, is uh, is a good uh, case uh, for the driver to be hired a whole day. Then we encourage the driver to do a one time of services for the uh, this kind of LG elderly people or disabled people. So we try to uh, allocate different resources to help the, uh, some different groups. Uh, they may not affordable for these uh, uh, services.
2: Yeah, that's really great. So going back to um, the driver, which is where I think um, some people or I should say, you know, a lot of parties really haven't paid attention to. For example, right now, even though they are making more money, the people who work for Uber, they are uh, making more money than a taxi driver. But the rate per mile um, from coming from Uber is actually a lot lower, maybe half of what taxi driver gets. And the reason that Uber drivers get more money is because they have to work more. Um, they do get more business, but Uber pays a lower um, a dollar amount per mile, uh, and they make up with volume, uh, which is great. So they drive more business, um, but that also means you have to do more work um, for the same amount of money that you can get. Um, so the question is you know, who is profiting from this entire um, growing market? And uh, does your social enterprise see a better profit sharing model um, that could change this particular area?
3: Uh uh yes, uh because the driver uh they are low income uh, uh worker uh so we don't want to charge uh driver too much, so we only uh ask them to pay the, about a ten percent of the surcharge to to us so I'm not quite sure how how much of the uber extra driver to pay, may maybe the over the twenty percent. But uh, for the ten percent, I think the driver in Taiwan they are happy uh, to cooperate cooperate with us, and uh, so we don't want to uh, uh, create the, the the we don't want to maximize the benefit. We don't we, qu- we try to maximize the social welfare.
2: Great. So I, what, from what I know, uh, Uber actually charges something like 28%. Um, and then I think wow. Lyft maybe charged 20%. So just to, you know, as a, a way of reference for the audience. And so when you talk about 10% um, commission, that is substantially lower than Uber and Lyft. But then the question is then, how do you sustain this business model? Because, you know, Uber is not even making money uh, right now when they're taking 28%, um, you know, of, uh, each ride um, so how can you possibly make money with 10% well that's the question we're going to explore when we come back um, after break you're listening to Business We Reinvention with Nancy Lin we'll continue our discussion about the taxi industry after this message
1: when it comes to business you'll find the experts here Voice America Business Network
0: In today's marketplace, your ability to open up the way you think and adapt to change allows your business to stay ahead of the curve and perform at a higher level. At Change Agent SF, we help leaders at fast-growing companies develop the leadership capacity necessary to manage growth more effectively. Contact us today to learn more about our executive coaching services and leadership workshops. Call 415-322-9073 or email Nancy Lynn at info at changeagentsf.com to transform your business and leadership with Change Agent SF.
1: listening to Business Reinvention with Nancy Lin. Now, back to Business Reinvention.
2: So before the break, we were starting to talk about the fact that it's great to lower the commission and to allow taxi drivers to make more money. And the question, you know, is the business model going to be profitable if you lower your commission to that point? What's your thinking on that?
3: Uh Yes. Uh, because a driver every day they go to work they don't know how much they can earn at that day Uh, so we use the uh, the same idea of the o2o uh, from the uber's idea we build a tourism model uh, for the drivers so the driver they can get the uh, the several days uh, case uh, through um, our apps uh, from the overseas uh passengers so that's a huge uh, that's a big income for the drivers if they can secure maybe half of the months uh they can get the uh, some protection for themselves so uh after their income be protect protected, then we invite the driver to do some uh these social uh, services for the different uh, uh, groups. So that's why uh, our driver they are willing to cooperate with us because they create their uh, working meanings for this job. They mm. don't just perceive they they are a the driver. They are uh, social in, uh, ambassadors. They are important. So the value they create uh, in this society is huge. So I think we change the meanings of the job, not just uh, increase their income uh, from the job. Mm. That's a key issue.
2: Got it. So you try to get more um, long-distance rides um, for the taxi drivers, as opposed to say here in the U.S., a lot of rides are, and as you say, majority of the rides are very short distance. Um, so by getting more long-distance rides, um, for example, with like a whole day. Um, tour with a a, a tourist um, for example um can can probably um bring in a lot more revenues than uh, what you usually get with a short distance and then with that you could allocate um some of the time and then also um um some of the uh, uh revenues towards helping um the less advantaged um, um communities. So that that is really s- a really uh, exciting vision. Um, so, after done, after you know, you've done so many, re, you know, so many research projects in the area. What do you think will be the keys um, to the continuous success of this social enterprise?
3: I, I think the trust. We are trying to build a trust uh, among the passengers, drivers, and uh, uh, the. Uh, some low-income group and uh, who need to help and also build uh, our business model not just for uh, create a, a, a economic uh, profit and also create a social value for different uh, uh, stakeholders. So we also uh, a lot of people try to help us because they need mobility from the drivers. So we become a platform. Uh, we are not a company. We are social enterprise. So uh, I think uh, uh, by this kind of a position of the uh, company, uh, we become the uh, f- uh, friends for everyone. Uh, we don't have an enemy. Uh, we, be, we, we are partners with the different groups. So that's why uh, we can sustain uh, until now because uh, people need us uh, so they don't perceive we are we are trying to make money from from them
2: so it's a company with social uh, mission and also you're making uh, taxi drivers uh career or jobs um, more meaningful than ever before. Um, I think it's really exciting to hear about your social enterprise and the vision to create a more equitable and sustainable market. So I hope to hear more about the initiative in the news and wish you best of luck. Thank you for being with us today.
3: Thank you, Nancy. Thank you, everyone.
2: And it's time to say goodbye. Thank you for tuning in. Please follow me on Twitter at BizReinvention for more updates on business innovation. And enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you.
1: We hope that you've enjoyed Business Reinvention with Nancy Lin. Please join us for another edition of our groundbreaking program next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. In the meantime, follow Nancy on Twitter at BizReinvention to keep up on the innovation trends and information about our next show. Or go to bizreinvention.com for more business insights.